Welcome to Heartbeat, a podcast run by Alter One College, where we discuss how to flourish in all things life, work, and relationships. We'll listen to the stories and wisdom of our staff and draw upon outside guests who are practitioners in their field. We hope these episodes inspire and equip you to flourish, whether in the context of Alter One or beyond to the rest of life. Welcome to Heartbeat Podcast, Tim. Thank you. So it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Tim Mullen. Yes. 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 <laughs> pleasure to be here. Uh, now, obviously, you are not a staff member here at Alter yeah, One. You're great to have you on the show. And uh, I'm excited to talk about the topics that we are going to mm. talk about today, mm. but I won't spoil it for people. We will <laughs> just allow that to unfold and emerge as we go along. Sure. But before we launch into um, the topics that we're going to be discussing today, I just want to ask if you were... Going up the world's tallest building, so you had a good solid two to three minutes and a very long elevator ride, and someone were to ask you, tell me a little bit about yourself, Tim, Mm. what would you tell them? Okay, that's a long elevator ride. Um, (laughs) It's the world's tallest building, Tim, so... (laughs) Um, What would I say? Um, uh, I would probably say that uh, I'm really passionate about young people. you know, I come from a background of a bit of youth work and chaplaincy, so um, I, I'm really passionate about uh, young people, their voices being included and um, heard. Um, I, um, I really love things like four-wheel driving and outdoor stuff like that, so I, I really yeah. enjoy um, some of the adventurous stuff, but can't right now because I have a five-month-old and oh, a three-year-old. Yes. D- that definitely occupies more of your time than so than usual. So much of my time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so two to three-minute elevator pitch. I'm very tired. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and lacking forward driving in this elevator yeah. pitch, like oh, I'm longing for it. <laughs> yeah. So um, some some more interesting things about me is that yeah, I, I did some. Uh, time of chaplaincy in a public school setting yep. and um, also spent nine months in a cross-cultural setting overseas. Mm. Um, I can't say um, on a public podcast where that is yep. um, just for security reasons. Yeah, And um, yeah, so that means I'm, I feel like I'm, this is arrogant to say, well-rounded in that. Sure. I've got some cultural experience. Yeah, and, sure. Um, yeah. I don't know what to say. Oh, I'm doing my PhD. Yeah. And yeah. uh, what's your PhD in, if you don't mind me asking? Sure. Um, my PhD is in um, kind of models of youth ministry. Yeah, great. So that was kind of came out of my master's. Um, and I, I'm looking at, you know, just observing how do churches do youth ministry mm. and then kind of creating a, a set of models. Yes. Like, this is how they do it. And then critiquing that from yes. a youth work perspective. Yes. Yeah, yeah great. So the, the ultimate goal from that is yes. to say, you know, here's this, why this is effective and why it's ineffective. So mm. providing churches with some ways to, to step outside of the way they're doing things. Yes. And really think about it a bit deeper. Yeah, right, mm. right. And I'm looking forward to perhaps we'll probably be unpacking a little bit more as yeah. the... The yeah. time goes on. So we got out the elevator now. That's good. <laughs> you know, so you're out of the elevator. Um, and I guess now you're walking into a conference room. And 
they want to introduce you with in terms of what you do in your professional life at the moment sure. what would yeah. you what would you tell them what, that you do professionally at the moment so I am a lecturer um, at Table College yeah. um, I mainly lecture in youth work um, and a bit of um, core units like sociology um, and uh, so I currently run the campus the Perth campus um, and um, yeah, I, I really love that role. I really love teaching. I really love just the, the students that I have the privilege of, of um, teaching and, you know, journeying with mm. and the staff that I'm journeying with. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. Great. <laughs> cool. Well, you have the elevator, you have the building, so we now we'll launch to some of the more questions around the specific topics that we're going to be touching cool. on today, which I know is a bit of a combination of a few different things we're talking mm. on obviously mm. based around your research based around your life experience and mm. your current profession as well mm. uh, around topics around creating safe spaces for young people the the notion of spiritual accompaniment which mm. we will talk about as as it, the show goes on um and i think it's going to be pretty rewarding actually for our staff members to listen to to okay. learn about these different things not putting you too high on the pedestal <laughs> not not too high as the world's tallest building but uh we'll just see what happens so uh i guess the first question i wanted to ask is tell us about your story in working with young people yeah cool so i've kind of alluded to it a little bit um but i grew up in the church um so you know it was going to youth group um, and then I can, I can really picture it so vividly, um, showing my age, Gloria Jeans in Hillary's, um, I was sitting there with a couple of the young adults after a church service and the youth pastor says, Hey Tim, have you ever thought about, um, helping out with youth group, being a, being a leader? And I was thinking, no, <laughs> I've never thought about that. <laughs> it hasn't crossed my mind. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's a scary thought. Um, <laughs> And I was, I was young. I was only in year 10 because the youth group I was part of did student leaders. And so they, they put that across to me. And through that experience, I, I slowly started to realize that God was leading me into some sort of ministry mm. with young people. Um, so then, you know, years later, a, a chaplain came to speak at the church and shared about chaplaincy. And I felt that tug, you mm. know, saying, God saying, um, this is where I'm calling you. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so then I went and studied youth work. Yep. Um, so I could become a chaplain. Did that for 10 years. Um, it's in, a long time in chaplaincy. <laughs> it was towards the end. Um, only because, like, I love young people. And mm. I love their enthusiasm and I love their um, <laughs> lack of filter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love things come out of those, those beautiful people's mouths. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I, I love journeying with young people yeah. and hearing their stories. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, being an, an, I don't know if ally is the right word, but just somebody who's like, I'm with you. Yes. I'm with you in this. Yeah. That, that alongsideness, so yeah. to speak, with the, the young person. Yes. Yes. Um, and I think it just got to a point where I was thinking, I think I need to do something different now. Mm. And I really felt that from God, but I kept trying to get out mm. and I kept getting knocked back from those jobs. Yeah, right. Um, okay. God was just saying, wait, the next thing's coming. Mm. So I ended up overseas, as I said, working with some young adults, mm. um, helping with some English kind of teaching and yep. um, tutoring. Mm. Um, and that led me to think, well, maybe God is calling me to this country mm. long term did my master's so I could do lecturing in that country. Yeah. 
But that drew me back to Australia. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Then. Yeah. Yeah. So my passion now has become um, where my story has been. I want to be the person that journeys alongside young mm. people. Is I want to now journey alongside those mm. who journey alongside. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I really hope that I can, when I have a bit more capacity, get back to some of that, you know, mentoring mm. um, kind of thing. Mm. Um, yeah, but just in the current space I'm in right now, that's not not where I'm at. Yeah, so you find yourself a season of life where mm. you're more the come alongside those who are coming alongside yeah. Yeah. the young people and equipping them yes. and teaching them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so you had these senses from with with within your faith this sense what you believe a sense from god a tug from god to mm. to use your language around going towards this kind of youth work direction working mm. of young people direction mm. and you've done a lot of things around chaplaincy mm. and now equipping young people uh, not equipping young people but equipping people working with young people mm. um, now you've also done some research around young people in the church yeah. Um, could you tell us a bit about the results of this research? Well, sure. Maybe first of all, kind of what led you to doing this research sure. and then <laughs> the results of this research as well. Yeah, yeah sure. So um, originally I actually wanted to do something completely different. Right, when okay. I did that that uh, master's research. But my supervisor, uh, this was at a public university, said, why don't you look into young people in the church? Now... She is a person who grew up in the church. Her father was a minister. She isn't a Christian. But she's finding that whole move of talking about spirituality and youth work and mm. young people in the church really interesting. So, and I guess because she knew of my background in chaplaincy and youth work, she suggested it. And I was like, mm. oh, okay, I'll do it then. <laughs> um, yeah, so I interviewed um, a number of youth and young adults. Yeah. Um, asking, you know, a number of questions, but the key kind of question was, what was church like for you? Mm. And these people, some of them had left the church, some had not. Um, and, um, yeah, it was uh, a number of hours listening and then transcribing and then figuring out, well, what is the key theme from all these things yes. that everyone said? Yes. So, you know, I've boiled it and boiled it and boiled it and boiled it down mm. to kind of two main themes. Yep. People stayed in the church when they really had a strong sense of um, when a, a spirituality mm -hmm. in the church. And, you know, that might mean that they felt connected to God. Mm -hmm. They might have felt a sense of purpose mm. in serving at the church. Something like that. Mm. Spiritual experiences. Yeah. People left when they didn't have that. Mm. And when they had an experience of religious dogma. Mm, right. So I use that word to describe when churches kind of valued, um, like their doctrine mm. over relationship. Right. When it was like you have to adapt to this set of beliefs that we hold, and mm. if you don't, we're not going to say you're not welcome, mm. but we're going to treat you like you're not welcome. Anymore. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, if you don't align over this, yeah, then. There will be certain opportunities, certain spaces you can't coexist in. Exactly. Im implicitly, not exactly. explicitly. Some, yeah. some explicitly. Yeah, like right. Okay. One of the people I uh, interviewed, they were on the worship team mm. of their church, mm. and because of you know social media, people believed that this person was into partying, mm. um, and um, they told me I was never into partying. But anyway, what then started to happen is everyone res would respond to this person like. 
oh, well, whatever you have to say doesn't really matter on yeah. this topic because you're the person who goes party. Right. Okay. And then eventually they were asked to step down from the music uh, industry right. because of what people believed about this person. Sure. Yes. And so that combined with them going, well, I'm not really getting anything from this, mm. this church service. Mm. I can do more on my own study mm. at home, reading theology books and, mm. you know, um, reading scripture and all that. There's no place for me here anymore. Mm. Right. Yes. And so it was, it was themes like that where people mm. were, were having experiences where they were treated like, you're not doing what I think you should be doing. Mm. You don't fit with my paradigm of Christianity. Mm. Therefore, you're not a Christian. Therefore, you don't belong. Sure. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'll, I won't go into all this, all of the stories. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yes. Further, but that yes. gives you an idea. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives us a sense, it gives us a sense about, um, a bit about the problem mm. of can, kind of what can go wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, in these spaces. So, what would you see as a potential solution? And I'll, I'll start with that question first before I follow that with some sure. other ones. Sure. Um, maybe in particular to this context first and live your research and then perhaps we'll apply it to the sure. school setting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what within your research around church to start with, mm. what would you see as a potential solution then? I mean, the solution that's not exactly a popular solution that I think of is that we need to train people who are working with young people in the Mm. church. Mm. Um, We can't expect them to know how to um, work with vulnerable young people Mm. in a way that makes them feel safe without any sense of training in that. Because, I mean, I'm not sure of your experience, but in my experience... In youth ministry, most of those people didn't end up in youth work. Mm. Like, I was probably the only one, maybe one other. Mm. And um, so none of them did any study or any training in mm. Mm. in how to work well with young people, who, not just young people from vulnerable backgrounds, but in general. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think that is the serious thing that I see lacking in, in churches in general, mm. is this treatment of, Oh, you know, we, we need some people to volunteer here. So, hey, you're available. Mm. Come do this. Yes. And it's almost like we don't value young people enough mm. to train people. Yeah. Well yes. Yes. It's yeah. almost like there's a, the, 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 the good underlying intention of wanting to give yeah. people opportunity, but without equipping. Yes. And what that can therefore result in. Yeah. yeah especially yeah, yeah. when you're working with young people, especially... Not that you alluded to specifically vulnerable young people, but certainly mm. that being yes. a, a big factor. Yes. Um, and certainly within the Alter One context, a mm. very big factor with um, the work that our mm. staff do mm. here at the college, working with 100%. with vulnerable young people. So that's perhaps in that more church context. Um, mm. How how would we create then these safe spaces for young people, and mm. and what might this look like in the context of a school like Alter One, mm. which um, works with particularly vulnerable mm. young people. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, it's a it's a similar answer in a way. Um, and I think that the first thing I'll say is that when I think of young people, and I might get a little sociological here if that's okay. Go for it. Go for gold. <laughs> is that all young people are vulnerable. Mm. Some are more vulnerable than others for sure. But when we consider the amount of laws mm. that are made in order to exclude young people from full citizenship... Mm. We've made them vulnerable. We've made them so dependent upon adults that 
when things don't work, mm. then um, then you know their vulnerability increases and yes. things go wrong. You know, like forty six percent of homeless people are young people. Mm. So there's got to be something wrong with the whole system when we see that happening. Wow. Yeah. Forty six percent. Yeah. My goodness. Anyway, it's yeah. huge. Um, so I'm, I'm digressing a bit. Um, but it paints the picture of that vulnerability, I yeah, guess, um, and yeah. that young people in the age category they're at, it's vulnerability is more of a, a scalability, more scalable than it yeah. is a black yeah. and white. You're either yes. vulnerable or not vulnerable. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and so I guess when I was thinking about, you know, um, this idea of creating safe spaces for young people, mm. the first thing that actually comes to mind is some of the youth work training that I have, mm. which is in the, the code of ethics for, for youth workers. Mm. Um, and I'll try to make that not sound boring. No, <laughs> so no, go. Some people with the code of ethics are like, oh, you're no. like, oh, no. <laughs> here we go. Oh, look, you're, you're fine. You've, you've, <laughs> we've got the mic here. No one's stopping us from uh, saying what we want to say. So <laughs> I think the, the most thing, most important thing that I think yeah. is about what we call equal power relationships. Yeah, right. Okay. So, um, you know, when I talked about how young people are vulnerable because we've disempowered them, we're mm. excluding them from full citizenship, mm. we've taken away their power so mm. that they're more dependent on adults. Yes, right. So when we're working with young people, we can work in a way that gives them some of that power back. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in an all-to-one context, that might be a little different because... At the end of the day, yes, it's it is an edu- educational institution. There mm. are laws that affect mm. Alter One mm. and what the young people that come here can and can't do. Mm. Um, so there's a limit to that. But mm. what I'm meaning is, um, when we're approaching young people and there's there's discussions about, you know, um, <laughs> I mean, I've never worked in Alter One, so I'm kind of and, and that's okay. That's all right. I mean, this is this is it's good getting an outside point of view sure. anyway. So uh, yeah, it's like instead of saying, "Oh, you know, this is what we're doing today," mm. or, or "We will do this and you will do that," mm. it's actually saying, "Okay, here's what we need to do according to the goals of this." Yep. You know your recovery program. Yep. The goals yeah, of totally. um, the the law that you have to finish school. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Totally. Um, yes. The yep. laws that govern your life. Yep. Okay. That's that. That's mm. sitting there. Now, I'm going to sit with you mm. and say, what do you think we need to do to get there? Yeah, great. great. Um, what do you think is really important to you right now? Yes. Because that might not be important right now. Mm. Mm. Um, and so working in a way that's instead of saying, I'm the one to tell you what you need to do, mm. it's going, here's what we need to do. Mm. Let's talk t- together about what we what we can do today yes <laughs> so yes. giving them that little bit of power over that conversation yes. over over their journey yes um over that process yes um that's one thing that i think can help them to feel less vulnerable because mm. mm. they can feel like they have a bit more control over the situation yes um of course we have duty of care there's, for sure all those all yeah. those things <laughs> on, on top of the complexity of it all but so we can't uh, just be like hey Run free. Yeah, you do you, you know. <laughs> no, but I understand where you're getting at. I mean, the, I'm not sure if this is the right word or the wrong word, and perhaps you can enlighten me, but sure. it's the word that's coming, at least to me, is that sense of empowerment. Yes. Um, exactly. That, yes, and speaking as a staff member of Alter One, you know, obviously there's educational goals or mm. there's recovery goals and things mm. like that. 
but to almost see that as like those are the big picture goals mm, mm. Um, which are good to work towards mm. uh, however what it looks like to work towards that we yeah. want to create some healthy flexibility some mm. healthy freedom mm. that gives a sense of the student owning their own journey yes, as opposed yes. to a a very rigid model of their journey yeah. imposed yes on them that's right I mean, i'm not sure if that i'm, I'm if if i'm understanding if that's no, a way of understanding it in, in a sense and in a way that's why young people come to old one right mm. because mm. they've come from an educational institution mm. you know whatever public school or whatever it might be that mm. has that model of you shall do this yes this yeah. is the rule mm. and if you don't do that then too bad see you later bye-bye mm. um and for a lot of people in general that's just not realistic mm. Mm. and you know as you say young people who've come from vulnerable backgrounds with mental health trauma mm. um poverty yes achieving those goals may not be necessarily their goal, yeah. but also it might just be that that's just not possible. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Given their life circumstances. So it's that kind of, yeah, and young people are so disempowered in education. Mm. Um, so, yeah, giving that, that bit of empowerment, I think, can help them feel a bit more safer. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, yeah, and then certainly within an alter one context, it would look like... And maybe maybe this could be a question. It's a little bit sure. off 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 script, and uh, so so we'll see how we go. Um, <laughs> but I, I supposing, and I understand you're not you're not a staff member within the college, sure. so I understand there might be unknowns of how to answer yeah. this. But maybe from an outsider point of view, what would mm. be I don't know some tips, very practical tips around how we might do this type of in, empowering work mm. with, in the classroom or, mm. or, or when the chaplain's with a, a student, whether it be a teacher, yeah, chaplain, yeah. yeah sure. what, what would be, I don't know, some, something practical that we can implement mm. in our context? And I, I, what I imagine before I, I say what I think is mm. that probably a lot of your teachers and chaplains already do this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Shout out to the, <laughs> to us staff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Doing yeah. an awesome job is like, You've got the things that you need to achieve for the day, mm. but then kind of presenting that to the young person saying, well, what, what is on your mind today? Yeah. Correct. What, it, what have, you know, what happened last night? Mm. <laughs> What's yes. going on for you today? Yes. Yep. We've got to do these things. We'll mm. get to them. Mm. But what's on your mind first? Yeah. Great. Um, you know, in the youth workspace, we call this primary client. Yeah. Right. So yeah. the, it's a funny way of saying that we put the, the interests of the young person mm first mm. and we start with the assumption mm. that they actually kind of do know what they need yes yeah and um you know of course we're you know there's going to be exceptions to that rule mm. there's going to be young people who are not good at knowing what they need who are you know have intellectual disabilities or you know whatever mm. it might be mm. but we start with the assumption they actually know what they need mm. they are experts on their lives mm. Mm. and so starting with that mindset mm. of hey this young person is an expert mm. on their life and on what they need. Yes. And I'm here to journey with them in that. Yeah, that's great. Yes. Um, so it, it can be as simple as saying, well, what's your goal for today? Mm. What do you want to get out of today? Yeah. Um, it can be as simple as, you know, putting our agenda aside to just uh, follow theirs for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know that, I'm just thinking that, like, if I was a teacher in that environment, I think that would be really hard. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've yeah. got the pressures of, well, you know, I've got to 
I've got to set achieve these goals. We've got to, you know, uh, make sure we do X, Y, Z so we keep our funding. Um, and so there's got to be some balance there. Oh, for sure. And and I think I think what what you've said is almost like as a, as a tip for us staff members. Mm. You're right. It's probably serves more as an encouragement of what a lot of our staff mm. are already doing. Yeah. But it's it's good to have it from that. I guess from that more research point of view, yes. in in light of your studies mm. um, that you're doing and mm. and um, have done, around okay, well, what does the research show? Yeah, that, that sense yeah. of empowerment. What does that mm. look like in the one context? Mm. All right, here's an idea. Yeah, and uh, I think it certainly encourages the staff members to go, hey, like if you're a staff member listening to this, to feel released mm. to. To, to do this, obviously, in a safe, mm. mindful way of, of the larger goals or whatnot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but in, in some sense, it can still partner with those larger goals because it's not of that yeah. it's... Um, because the larger goals are almost something of, of a working towards mm. um, as opposed to a kind of a rigid yeah. methodology along yeah. along the way. Yeah. And ultimately, even with those larger goals, I mean, I'm kind of riffing now, if you don't, don't mind, Tim. But of course, of course. I'm thinking as a staff <laughs> member going, ah, yes, like... Even with these larger goals that we've we've got, mm. we it actually benefits unto those larger goals anyway. When you mm. work with where the young people are at, exactly. because <laughs> exactly. you actually you remove the debris from the pathway that leads to their flourishment mm. and change by ironically being present to where that young person's yes. at anyway. Yes. Um, you made a comment earlier around, um, like, you're like, you know, might, there might be certain students who are struggling, whether it be intellectual disability mm. or, or for a other variety of reasons, maybe a little bit more in complex trauma and things like mm. that, that might mm. create some difficulty around um, them conceptualizing what, what, what they need. Although I'm, yeah. I'm wondering, and, and tell me if I'm right or wrong, Tim, mm. or we discuss this some more, would, would you say there's also, it's almost as if, because I think you're right, like they're the experts on their own story, mm. they're the experts on their own life. Mm. And maybe with those other challenges around those complexities we've just mm. named, whether or not as staff members, speaking as an all to one staff member, if it's around taking the raw material of their own stories mm. and rather than dictating what it is, mm. help help give them language yeah. for them to be able yeah. to go, oh, yes, that's what I'm going through, Nathan, mm. or yes, that's what I'm going through, X, Y, Z, staff member mm. name. Would that be a, a, another... Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if, that's, yeah. if that partners with your research or, or not. Because yeah. at the end of the day, what I'm talking about is, is instead of monologue, it's dialogue. Yes, yes. Where it, so a monologue goes... Um, I've read your notes. This is what you need. Mm, yep. And I'm sure none of your staff do that. Mm. Um, but I have seen that in kind of case management kind of environments. Totally. In work. Yeah. Um, whereas a dialogue goes, you know, I've got your notes here, but I'm going to put that aside for, for a minute. Mm. Tell me about what you want to tell me. Yes. What do you want me to know? Yeah. And as you said, I might actually reframe some of that. Mm. within what I know about trauma, what yes. I know about, um, you know, sociological structures. That's right. Well, it thickens it or adds those, yeah. the, the structure That's to right. it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I have some expertise, mm. but they are ultimately the one who knows their life. Yes, yes. And instead of, you know, I could go, you know, I think what, what you're talking about is some of this complex trauma stuff. Yes. And, um, you know, does that sound, mm. does that sound right to mm. you? Mm. Does, that, does that echo with you? Yes. Yeah. Um, so even in that, I'm, I'm still going, this is a suggestion. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, I'm kind of manipulating the process here. I'm kind of going, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm suggesting it, 
but I'm actually proving that I'm right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I understand that. Yeah. That makes a, a lot of sense, and in some mm. ways, it partners um, with it's that coming alongside language again, yeah. right? Um, yeah. And the the imagery that's coming to my mind, and I'm saying this now as a staff member, more in the counselling context, but I think this could be contextualised across other roles and others. That when I you know, counsel young people, mm. um, sometimes. You know, one of the therapies, I won't go too deep in the weeds with different <laughs> therapies, but but there's a there's a therapy which is around framing their life as a story yeah. and, and trying to get their story. Yes. And often I find that even though, well, let's put it this way. As I hear their story, I then give them just more language or yeah. framework mm or ways to help them facilitate the, the putting the puzzle pieces of their life together. Mm. But they provide the pieces, mm. and we work together on that, yes. that puzzle piece. Yes. And it's, so it's that very much that dialogue approach. Yeah. Um, I love that image yeah, of working on a puzzle together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because I think it helps rec- recognise that th- there are some things that, that someone who is trained can help facilitate and partner yeah. with, but yeah. not in a weird, like, this is what it looks like, yeah. and this is your story, yeah. and this is how it is, rather, but actually taking their lived experience seriously, mm. but wanting to take that, which for them, because of maybe trauma or what they're mm. going through, is is formless and without, yeah, it's without form, but be mm. like, hey, let's, let's, let me help you give you the tools to form mm. that which you've, mm. or your raw yeah. life experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Taking the raw materials of your life, but actually... Let's see what the story is. Mm. And then let's take it somewhere, mm. I guess, and give mm. those choices Yeah, yeah. Um, to yeah. that. No, yeah, that's exactly it. And I think um, it requires a lot of surrender. Yes. Because, you know, when we're working with other people, mm. we've always got agendas. Yeah. And even if those are the things that we are like, you know, organisational agendas, mm. but they also might be our own mm. agendas. Like, I need to feel mm. important. Mm. I need to feel loved. Mm. I need to feel like I've achieved something. Mm. And, um, or, you know, whatever it might be, that's that's speaking for me. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And so there needs to be that sense of, I actually have to surrender what I want from this. Yeah. And yeah. what I want to achieve. Mm. And recognise that this is all about this young person here in front of me. Yeah. Not about me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which is a, is a difficult process, but, you know, with lots of reflecting on ourselves, mm. we can get better at that. Yeah, great. Great. Yeah. Now, that... That that makes a lot of sense, and it's um, I think especially in the context of working with these young people, mm. um, that that come alongside. Yes, there are those big picture goals, but actually mm. they don't even have to contradict the process of empowerment mm. either. Exactly. Um, no, I, I really like that. I really like that thought. Maybe just shifting gear a little bit, mm. although it might. I think it might dovetail into exactly yeah, what yeah. we're talking about <laughs> anyway. Um, you, you've mentioned. Well, at least I mentioned it at the beginning when I say yeah. we're going to talk about this. Uh, but um, so, whether mentioned or not, uh, there is this concept that we that we did want to talk about today around um, is it spiritual accompaniment or spiritually accompany? I, I'm not sure what the terminology is. You know, one's the doing word, one's the not yeah. doing word. But but yeah, um, yeah. What is this? <laughs> maybe maybe tell us a bit about this this concept. What do you mean by that? Sure. Uh, and then yeah, yeah, I mean, I was kind of alluding to it a little bit when I was talking about we need, needing to empty ourselves of our mm. genders. Yes. Um, so the idea of spiritual company is it was in a book written by um, one of the best 
um, spiritual youth work writers, Maxine Green and um, Dr. Phil Daughtry. So they right. kind of wrote a book together about, mm. called The Art of Spiritual Company. Yeah. Um, lots of other people have written about it. Um, I'm just saying some names so people can look it up. Like, yeah, great. Like, so like Fantastic. David Tacey, he's a really good one on it. Um, and I've got the rest. Um, so there's a good one. Yeah, there are more. And hopefully Google will suggest more when you type yeah, in those exactly. names. <laughs> so, like, the idea is that instead of um, seeing young people as a, as a glass that's empty that we yep. need to pour into and fill, mm. we see them as someone that is actually already on a journey of spirituality mm. that we are to journey alongside them with. Yeah, great. So, in, so that requires us to empty ourselves a bit. Mm, mm. <laughs> um, the, the beautiful picture that Maxine Green p- paints is of um, a sitar player. Mm. And I'm not sure what the other instrument is, but in this image, there's, there's someone on a, a, a sitar and there's someone on some sort of drum, like some mm. sort of, some form of traditional drum. I've forgotten what that one's called. Yeah. Forgive me. Um, is they don't have any sheet music in front of them. Mm. They're just playing what they feel. Mm. So for them, it is something spiritual that's happening. Yes. And so at times, one of them, the person on the drums, mm. will play a bit louder, will mm. make their, the beat stronger mm. while the sitar waits for mm. some sort of inspiration. Mm. And um, then the sitar player will get stronger and find something and find a rhythm. And mm. um, so then the person on the drums kind of backs off a bit and plays a bit quieter. Yeah. And this image is one that's painted mm. um, in the, that book, um, The Art of Spiritual Company. It's not a sponsored post. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of what it means to do spiritual company. Yeah. Where yeah. it's like they already have some movement going on mm. of the spirit. Mm. And so we might need to be initiating some things, mm. but we actually need to back off and be quiet at mm. times mm. and allow the move of their spirit Mm. to become louder mm. so that's that's all very metaphorical and sure you know, yeah airy fairy what does that actually mean mm. Mm. um what i'm what i kind of picture it as is um it, it related to what david tacy said is the words of drawing out what is within mm. Mm. so in a lot of ministry to young people mm. as i said before we tend to think of them as an empty cup needing to be filled so mm. it means we need to teach them mm. we need to tell them mm. we need to show them mm. Um, but instead of drawing out what is, what is within, mm. we actually want to know what is actually going on in them already. Mm. What are they thinking through? What are yeah. they feeling? What do they yeah. see? What do they believe? Yeah. Um, and it might mean some more metaphorical things that we use, mm. you know, like um, one of the things that I really like to do, it's, it's a bit strange. Um, it was strange for me when I first tried it. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> I'm intrigued now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat. No, yeah. one, no one can see it. But. <laughs> it's like a jar. Okay? Yeah, right. Okay. Yep. Full of water mm-hmm. and sand. Yeah. Okay. And that's like, cool. Great. Wow. Amazing. No. <laughs> you shake up the jar. Yeah. And then you sit and watch the sand fall. Yeah, right. And you just sit as long as you need until that jar is completely still. Yeah. And then as you do that, you pay attention to what's happening in yourself mm. as you watch the jar. Mm. And a lot of people, when I've done this, like I, I did this with a group of students at TAFE when I did a, some lecturing, like a lecture swap there. And they said it was kind of like, at first they felt uncomfortable, like what is going on? This is so stupid and weird. But after a while, they started to think, I'm that jar. 
Mm. That jar is me. Mm. I'm really busy. I need to mm. slow myself so I can actually hear what's going on in my heart. Mm. And then they were able to express what was going on for them. Mm. And that that is spirituality. Yeah. yeah. And that is how we can access, mm. help young people access mm. their sense of spirituality. Mm. A lot of people do have a bit of a problem with this because they, they, they go, well, that seems really... Uh, like mm. the bad spirituality. Yeah, well, that's actually that was I was that that was gonna be my pushback question because yeah. I was curious. Maybe um, unpack that a little bit, mm. a little bit more. Um, yeah, so I think some people think, well, won't that open up people to bad things? Mm. Um, I think that when we approach young people like that, we're actually giving space for the Holy Spirit to do His work, mm. Mm. and instead of saying, well, I need to be the one who speaks. I need to tell everybody mm. this is the truth, X, Y, Z. I need to actually step back, mm. pray that God reveals himself to this young person mm. through this activity. Mm. And then as they share what's going on in their lives, I can connect it to mm. what's going on in my heart. Yes, yes. So yes. say, for example, you know, you were saying what I just said about, yeah, that my heart is so busy and mm. like... I don't get any time to, to think or to to allow myself to be. And then I can say, yeah, it made me think of that scripture that mm. says, be still and know that I'm God. Yeah, wow. Well. And for me, mm. personally, having those moments of being still helps me to remember that I'm not in control of my life. Yeah, wow. Well. Which is a good thing because I know that someone greater is. Wow, well, wow. Well. I'm not enforcing it on that young person. Yes, yeah. But we're in conversation, we're yes. in dialogue. yes. That's spiritual accompaniment. So I guess that's important for us as staff members mm. then to hear that this mm. concept of spiritual accompaniment is a practice for our staff mm. to go, what, what is the underlining longing that the mm. young person is trying to get at and how can we partner with that? Because yes. um, there, there would be, I would say, and you, you address that pushback, I think, which would be, you know, what about certain kind of, life-taking or negative approaches to what we perceive as, as as not good for the young person spiritually um which there are contexts for which that often emerges but even sure. there to go okay but when the young person engages in xyz what are they trying to get at they're yes. trying to get at safety or they're trying yeah. to get at belonging or they're trying yeah. to get at okay what what would it look like speaking from our experience, so not imposing, but from our experience, what would it look like to go, ah, okay then, um, you know, within the Christian worldview values framework, yeah. you know, this is how we approach yeah. this. Um, and in that sense, you get into that underlying longing. You're looking past the, what might be some negative outworkings mm. and going, but what are they trying to get at when they engage in that activity? Yes. Yes. They're trying to get at safety or security or comfort or mm. whatever that might be. Yes. But I can agree with, what the longing of your heart is. Yes, yes. And I can share how I do that. Yes. Without saying you have to accept this too. Mm, mm. But I can share it and trust that that's me planting a seed that they'll probably not stop thinking about for a while. Yeah. An example I can give is, is um, and I won't say where this was, but it was a it was a Christian organisation mm-hmm. um, that had non-Christian young people involved. And um, they started a, a class with saying, you know, what I want to teach you today is that God is love. And that doesn't sound like, oh, that's not that bad. That's not, not a terrible thing to say. But it ended up in a debate about God's existence because these young people had 
significant trauma mm. that led them to believe that God can't exist because mm. X, Y, Z happened to me. Mm. Mm. And I wonder if mm. we change the conversation to today in our class, mm. this group, we're going to be talking about um, what is love? Mm. <laughs> Everyone said, "Baby, Wait. don't hurt me." <laughs> anyway, uh, so, uh, said it. <laughs> so no. don't say it that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like the concept of when do you, have you felt loved? Yeah, yeah. When did you know that you were loved? Mm. How did you know? Mm. And you know, the Christians in the group can say, mm. "I knew because of this," mm. Mm. and they can share, and you can be all be talking about this concept of love. Mm. The gospel is being shared, but not forced. Yes. Yes. So it's kind of the same result, yes, but it's a dialogue instead. Absolutely. And I, I think we have been so swept up in notions of what it means to sh- share the gospel as mm. being very top-heavy rather yes. than allowing or trusting, to use Christian language, trusting the Spirit's work, mm. that the Spirit that's will right. do the work. That's right. And, yeah, to accompany Mm. The Spirit's work. Yeah, well, that's it, yeah. right? Like, it's yeah. it's not just accompanying the young person, it's accompanying the Holy Spirit. Mm. Yeah. Good. Mm. Wow, we've covered a lot today. <laughs> we have. And it's very good. I mean, this is important things mm. to, for our, for us as staff to hear, and for anyone else who also just listens to this show as well. Mm. Um, mm. It's been really good um, chatting yeah. with you, Tim. I've oh, really yeah. enjoyed our time together. Yeah. And um, so, look, everyone, um, this has been Tim Mullen. And, look, I encourage you all to check out some of the resources that, that um, Tim's mentioned as well. Um, not that we're necessarily endorsing all that as an official endorsement, but certainly it's very, very interesting things, I think. And, uh, and uh, we're, we're excited to hear about your work, Tim. And uh, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. You have been listening to Heartbeat. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to the show and share far and wide. This has been a podcast produced by Alter One College. To find out more about Alter One College, follow us on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn or visit the college website at www.alter-one.com.au.